0: We're live base,
1: the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission: to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before.
0: Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, Sir Admiral Elliot.
1: Hi there.
0: And Dr.
1: Squee. Dragon! Uh, I've just realized you're in the wrong place. Yeah, oh. I, was, I was just looking there. I was in the wrong seat.
0: Ah, uh, oh, go you, on, you swap the can... seats round.
2: I'm not the only one who can swap the seats, but no, I'm happy to do it.
0: Very good for audio listeners, this.
2: Oh, it is.
1: <laughs> you <laughs> well, we knew
2: what we did in the video you right. better check out
1: our videos yeah we've got to have our pinch shui right <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah you gotta go check out the video now but we are here to talk about in the pale moonlight and only in the pale moonlight usually when we do these dominion war Ooh. episodes we cover two at a time but this being a pivotal episode and one of the highest regarded episodes of Deep Space Nine. Uh, we decided just, that I, this deserved... Uh, I think
1: it's not just Deep Space Nine. I think this is one of the top episodes in all Trek. It's, yes. It, yeah. it stands high up there with a lot of... There's a number of equally high episodes, and this is up in the actual one. Yeah, extra <laughs> yeah I, mean, I think that's W- when i'm not going to get show- into a debate of which is the best or not now but i think we can say it's a top echelon and this is up in there
2: <laughs> yeah i mean um when each of the shows is sending forward their strongest warriors to represent their show the best episodes this is kind of definitely one which uh, goes up for deep space Nine. yeah yeah yes. it's right up there
0: yes i would i would agree so we've decided to dedicate the whole episode to it. We're probably going to get a bit more into the nitty-gritty of it than we generally do, but it's like, an episode I, that definitely warrants it.
1: I don't know if you noticed with the thumbnail, I've just done one photograph this yep. week, and normally I do quite a few bits, but I just caught the week. that one photo sort of sums it all up.
0: It does. No, it's... An, That actually, for anyone who's not had a look at the the thumbnail picture, it's just Cisco direct on addressing the camera, yeah, raising his glass. And that does point to this is quite uniquely structured in terms of a Star Trek episode. Like, the majority of episodes have a captain's log of some form or another. But, and I'm sure I'll be corrected if I'm wrong, but I believe this is the only one... Where the captain's log is used completely as a framing device, and the whole episode is effectively the contents of the captain's log.
1: And a lot of and, the episode is all the times where he's giving his log, he's breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, he is directly talking to us, the audience. Yeah, yeah. He well, he isn't. He isn't. It's a clever. Yeah. It, it's a clever way of
0: using this idea of a captain's log, like effectively. Well, yeah. He's doing what we're doing, looking at a computer screen and addressing it, and he's making it. But the the effect on the viewers, as you say, is that... He's talking to us.
1: Yeah, it's very well done. He's explaining all his actions to us.
0: Yeah.
2: And the thing, I think this is a very very tightly written episode but i did notice one like i'm only going to point out now because like i don't want to forget it and it's like it's uh in the grand scheme of this episode a trifling point but uh there's only one thing which i thought was a bit of a um a difficult set of a line it's when the whole episode is all about uh cisco wanting a new ally for the federation and wanting it to be the romulans and then there's this line where dax got to go it's like wow we really could do with an ally right now and it's yeah. just it's, it's just way too on the nose. It's false. Yeah, it's false. It's always yeah. false. If, if you just cut that line, this pretty much is a perfect episode.
0: <laughs> yeah. I
2: point that out to, to yeah, to really highlight how kind of that is how fewer complaints I can think of for this episode.
0: One thing I do want to say just on the structure, and we may as well talk about it at the start. Um, I recently read the making of Star Trek book written by the producers called Inside Star Trek. I don't know if it's still in print, but if it is, it's it's worth seeking out. So it was written shortly after Gene Roddenberry's death by two of the major producers of Star Trek. And as such, it's a very in-depth look at what went on behind the scenes. Um, if you're a big Gene Roddenberry fan, it might shatter some illusions, but um, that's the risk you take. But one thing that jumped out at me there is when they were originally pitching the show, some of the pushback from the network was, you know, are are people going to buy this? Uh, It's a bit too far-fetched. You know, obviously, it's a space show. Um, (laughs) But part of the solution to that was why they invented the captain's log. And they came up with this idea of, well will present it as though these things have already happened and we're looking back on them. So the original concept of the captain's log was that, like the opening voiceover says, these are the voyages. So the idea was that we were looking back on it from some point in the future after all these things had taken place years before and okay. that the captain's logs were what we were reviewing. Ah, now you see yeah. your reaction. I it was
2: like I, I yeah. always felt like it was we were doing that, but only just after the adventure and happened.
0: As as did I, and I think this concept was abandoned very, very quickly.
1: Yeah, I think it's one of them things that you can use to sell to studio XX who don't understand things. Yeah. Because yeah. I think I think not just with Star Trek, but I think you can look at the history of television. Shows that have been cancelled, etc., and how shows about to be sold to, except That they haven't got a, a fucking clue.
0: <laughs> no, absolutely, and yeah, like yeah. So remember, there's episodes we've talked about where I've said, "Well, when exactly did Kirk make this log?" Because yeah. uh, you know, because we're, we're we're watching it and we're going, "Well, there's no space for him to have recorded." <laughs> because- you always get the impression that the captain's logs are more or less in real time and he's updating us on what's happening. Usually what's happened during the break that we've missed, but this is a long, I often
1: think the captain's long sort of something he does at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but it's but, like,
2: it's the way it's framed. So sometimes yeah. I think it is framed as if it could be made at the end of the day. Sometimes it's oh, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. The Gorn keeps on stalking me, like in the present tense, and yeah. that and, I kind of that seems like you could be recording that yeah. as you're moving through the foliage. But yeah, like you say, um, and the like there be in the middle of a kind of like a face down with someone. It's like, yeah. and they seem to be soliloquizing about it. It's like, it's yeah, like, it'll go yeah. Captain's
0: uh, Logs, supplemental. And you're like, when have you done that anyway? Yeah. But there are a few moments, particularly in the original series where this original idea does creep back in. Like, I think there's one where, uh, it might be the enemy within. And Kirk says something like, well, unbeknownst to us, another version of me had beamed aboard. Yeah. And you're like, well, if it's unbeknownst to you, how come you telling us? All of which is a very long-winded way of oh, saying. I
2: unbeknownst w- was like, uh, as in, unbeknownst to us at the time.
0: Yeah, but what I mean yeah. is, if he's recording it at the time, how does he know something that so was unbeknownst to them at the time? Yeah, I so was no, recording
2: it. after saying that unbeknownst to us. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah he was, but th- that's what I'm saying is that's one of the few times that this concept of we're listening to these logs that are recorded much after the fact came in.
2: All right, got you.
0: But what I was going to say is, this episode is probably closest to how they intended the captain's log to work because this is literally. I think he says, "Is it two, three weeks that well, we pick
1: up?" Like I actually went back to watch the that first part again in case the, the very cleverly cut through him messing up his lines because he starts where he stumbles over lines and he looks like he's going... "Um, It's almost like an actor has forgotten his lines when he's meant to be given a number, which you couldn't imagine that happens a lot. Yeah. But... But he actually carries it on uh in... In the same cut of asking the computer what the start. We're
0: losing you, Elliot. Yeah, sorry, Elliot, we've got some interference there. I got okay. your point though. I can see you and I can
1: hear
0: you. Yeah, it just buffered a little bit, but but yeah, you're right. Like it, it does play almost like he's stumbling and it's it's a difficult thing to act, I yeah. think. Um, to get that across, I mean, as we've discussed, no end of times, every Brooks puts a unique spin on a lot of things. So
2: I love his performance in this. Yes, the way, I he, do. the way he it's it, it is a sort of hyper real performance because it's like it does feel like it, it definitely genuine, pure emotion but almost in a kind of uh, a large way that you wouldn't necessarily deliver that in the real world, but it's like, it, it conveys the emotions so well. And it's such a beautiful performance and, and that kind of portrayal of pain and anguish and kind of like uh, uh, moral uncertainty. It's just, it's all there. It's just, it's, it's really a stunning job he does in this one. And
0: it's, it's led in an interesting way because on, on one level, he's been performative because he's doing it for a log, but he also knows that it's a personal log, so it won't be listened to by anyone else. But he, I would guess he also knows he's going to delete it. So there's multiple layers of artifice well, and performance that he's like, building. Well, in. I think well, he's I just,
2: imagining that he's going to send it until he doesn't.
0: Do you think? Well, I never no, got that impression. I just
1: need to say... Yeah, he actually says, I just need to say it out loud, yeah, to, to understand what I've done. He needed to to talk to talk, he couldn't talk about it to anyone else, and he even says, I can't even go tell talk to Dax about what I've done. Mm. But I just need it, to say it to get it clear in my own head. I think, so, and I think, definitely, sorry, so I think, so I think, all, all the time long, he was just he started the log. Fully knowing he was going to delete it in the end, but he just needed to say it out loud to get it off his chest. What he'd done,
2: I mean, I think that's definitely the kind of uh, main intention. But I wonder if there was just a side of him which, like, thought, um, like, and maybe he's even recorded this before, like, maybe he's kind Ooh, of recorded, deleted it before, yeah. And, and maybe there's the thought it's like, oh, this time I'm going to send it, this time I'm actually going to do this, this time I'm actually going to expose this, expose what we did. Every time, knowing he's really going to delete it, I just like there feels like almost there could be that subtext of well, it's almost he's he's poking the barrel in of his own emotions.
1: Do you mean mm. like the the two weeks? It's not the two weeks from when he first posts when it sort of cuts. Well, into I don't know. It. Yeah,
2: cuts into I don't it and know posts if, and if
1: and it's first, uh, casualty list or it's two weeks after the Romulans have joined the war. Well, that's that what I'm wondering. I, I'm, yeah. I
2: I've kind of thought that a few times because it could be that it's like. Uh, the two weeks is what we've been watching over the episode. And this is straight after it could be it's after a day. It could be after, yeah. like, you know, the two weeks is what you mean since the end yeah, of events. Cause, cause the, episode
1: does, the episode does play as if it be about two weeks worth yeah. of, of content there. Cause I do say it's going to be three days for this. and It's going to be yeah. several days for this.
2: Yeah. But it's like, even if it was the next day, I could picture him just uh, being tortured all night, just re-recording this log and delete yeah you know maybe it's just like something he's done to just there there are so many options of ways in which he could have tortured himself with this
1: yeah i've always got intriguing. from how it ends that he's only recorded this once
2: probably probably but i, I is, just think it's an interesting thing well, to think about
1: no yeah.
0: i like that idea yeah um so yeah the the meat of the plot then or what triggers it is the Jem'Hadar have been nipping through the Romulan border to attack the Federation. It's very sneaky, very sneaky, Jem'Hadar. And the Romulans are more or less turning a blind eye because they have this non-aggression pact.
1: And the Romulans are also quite happy for them to go kill the Federation.
0: Exactly. (laughs) And this sets Sisko off on his... I am going to draw the Romulans into the war, and that's his plan.
2: And I think he tortures himself along the way. There's, there's, uh, there's a the thing with Quark, which we'll get to when we get there. But it's like I I think he does too much there.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's because what I really kept track of this time watching it through is like the amount of people that are affected by what Cisco does. Um, Because when you first watch the episode, it's it's the things that happen at the end that seem to be what tips him over. But every step he takes here is harming a lot of people. And I, I really found it fascinating, really honing in on that, because I knew we were going to talk about it. Like, just the idea that, I will cause an empire to go to war.
1: I've like going how to bring. Many... I've got to bring, like the Federation. At this point, we well into the millions, if not billions, of people dead already. Yeah. In this war, and he's talking about bringing another empire in. So you've got to be looking. He's going to. He's bringing built like how big is the Romulan Empire? We've got to imagine trillions of people. Exactly.
0: Lots and that's of like, it. So he's making that decision, even though it's for the greater good, he's already decided that winning the war is worth the death that will come as a result of it. But I think it's it's when it hits closer to home, I suppose, it's kind of that thing of... He's,
1: like, being able, he's almost able to sort of like put the... The, any casualty list for the Romulans aren't really a major concern to him. He's has yeah. sort of go past that, yet yeah, it's worth bringing the Romulans in. And he's justifying it in his own head costs. And it and probably rightly so, that once the Dominion have beaten the... They've already got the Kardashians, they're going to beat the Federation and the Klingons. They're then going to take on the Romulans, so there's going to be less death by bringing the Romulans
0: in. yeah. There is a logic but, to that, and I'm and, sure and that's, that's how, he just and that's how he's justified
1: it. starting it.
0: But Star Trek, the Federation values are always about free choice, and he's taking away the Romulans' yeah. free choice here, and he's decided to do that. He hopes to do it legitimately, like. The, this plan starts off as I bet the the Dominion are going to invade Romulus, so let's try and find evidence that they are. Yeah, but
1: and, and that's what leads doesn't... him to and that's what leads him to Garrett because Garrick is your person yeah. he knows who could access Cardassia. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And Garrett stops him straight away and goes, no, that is a suicide mission, and I don't do that. Yeah, and... I, can't help, I can't help you. Doing that, but
0: (laughs) and I think that's like we will get to it. But Garak does say that's why you came to me, and yeah, yeah, it is as soon as he decides to go to Garak, he is opening up the possibility that they are not gonna do this in a legitimate way, and he knows that that's what he's doing by going to Garak.
1: And as soon, and it's literally as soon as he brings Garak on board and starts letting Garak do stuff. Garrick is going to do the mission, but mm. Garrick is going. Garrick is going to do what is necessary to get the mission done. Yeah, And that is another reason Cisco has gone to win. Yeah, he'll, he'll do what Cisco won't do,
0: and he tries to justify an interest. Like I'd forgotten how involved Starfleet were in this to a certain point. Like, he says, you know, I've got approval from Starfleet Command to do this, but I presume Starfleet Command uh, are up for it to the point when he goes to them and says, I've got reason to believe the Cardassians are planning, sorry, the Dominion Cardassians are planning an invasion of Romulus I want to go steal the plans. I
1: want I, to produce the evidence to the Romulans.
0: I assume that's as far as Starfleet are good with it. it
2: it's interesting. Uh, it could have been a um, another possibility to bring in Section 31. I know you've got two Section 31 episodes not that far from this, but uh, mm. it seems like it's right up their street.
0: That's the thing. If you'd have known about Section 31 at this point, it could have, have we, probably... Got... we
2: just had the first one?
0: Oh, we have. You're right. We have. We, we, we've, yeah. We've We've actually it, the so we actually skipped an episode, so we're doing this, this. And we, we didn't. We weren't road.
2: doing the first uh, Section Thirty-One-One-One. One. No, that
0: that is the first one.
2: Oh, that was the second one.
0: No, no, it's the first one. Okay. So okay. we are going to go back to that, but yeah, chronologically, Cisco yeah. is aware of the existence of Section Thirty-One at this point.
1: So yeah, a little we, are, more we are going to remember. go back to the episodes. It, yeah, but if they was, don't. Sorry, carry on, Sweet.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say... Um where they just had them introduced it like maybe just not not obviously overshadowing this wonderful episode but just a little cameo from them would be great you know you could yeah that would have been interesting yeah Starfleet. like they go oh yeah we intercepted your communication don't worry you're okay to do this you know just something really yeah that
0: would have been good if Sloan had turned up and um yeah just had a little say, like,
2: like high fiving Cisco going my man
0: <laughs> I mean the, the reality of it is <laughs> probably that with the episodes been pretty close together <laughs> the scripts were probably in different stages of development and whoever was working on this one probably wasn't aware of section 31 as a concept and I mean
1: I, I think, think uh, to be uh, fair I think this works better not having section 31 in it with what we know now about section 31
0: I mean I think section 31 would have been all up for this and well,
1: yeah, I think we can and that they new head- I was off to say I think we can head cannon that section thirty one. You what he was yep. up to, and section thirty one have also sort of gone up the federation things. Yes, don't interfere with what he's doing here. Okay, this
0: yeah, let him crack on with it. Yeah, I would
2: have been. Getting, yeah, I think it would have worked in here. Just again, a little cheeky yeah. cameo. But it's it's mm. absolutely great without.
0: And. I was gonna say a nice little detail, not necessarily nice, but um the fact that they they give us a planet that we know that's got invaded, like beta oh, Xen- I love has this. Been taken. And I remember reading a behind the scenes thing and they said like we wanted a planet everyone would recognize, but we didn't want to just use Vulcan because it's always Vulcan. So yeah. We picked Beta Z, and I believe there's a TNG novel called, like, of The Siege of Beta it. Z or The Battle for Beta Z or something like that. So, there I think, yeah, I think if you want. Well, my, more well from, what this episode, that, from
1: what this episode says, I imagine it's a very short book. <laughs> um. <laughs>
0: No, it's your standard Star Trek book size.
2: <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I just, uh, I remember when I first saw this episode and I heard that line and it was like, it was a really gasp kind of moment. It's like, that's Troy's planet. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, yes, it home, doesn't it? It, it funny, really yeah, it? meant
2: something. I like it when, when something which really cost you nothing in the plot um, you know, gives you extra stakes for, for, you know, very little extra expenditure and you just mention it and then later on in Star Trek Somewhere you mentioned that it was liberated.
0: Yeah, and yeah. it it just it gives that sense of a, a wider <laughs> universe, even though I mean we've talked about no end that they, they didn't do as many crossovers as they probably could have done and probably would have done in this day and probably age. Should have done. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but it just does give that sense, like you think, oh, Troy's not gonna be happy about that. Yeah. And it just gives you that broader world to it oh, I, hope, I hope that
2: story covers uh troy's reaction to to her home world being home world being invaded
0: well uh, from what i remember of the cover it's got troy on the front with a phaser rifle so i think she goes to defend beta Z by the
2: so we're talking her like from the late movies I, I think, think so.
0: Thing. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, uh, check oh. out mem- memory beta. I'm sure it's on there somewhere. It was called the the Battle of Beta Zed or the Siege of Beta Z, something like that.
2: By the way, can um, I throw yeah. randomly off point, very quickly, but uh, Elliot, when you lean forward and it cuts like you can't see the writing on your t shirt, you look like you're uh, in a Phil Col- Collins tribute video. <laughs> Is it that or Holly from Red Dwarf? Well, yeah. I was trying to. I, like
1: I was it. trying to. I was trying to go for the effect that I'm in the pale moonlight.
2: Yeah, no, I I love it. I love it.
0: (laughs) So, Cisco's body count then starts racking up almost immediately because Garak goes and talks to various people, and then he says they were all killed within Within a few days of speaking
1: to him. Within one day of
0: speaking to him. Within one day of speaking to him. So, this is very quickly passed over in the plot. And I'm sure, being Garak's mate on Cardassia, they, they, these were probably quite nefarious characters. I'm
1: thinking these are probably very, very, very uh, efficient operatives of the Obsidian Order. Yeah. Or were very... Yeah. Because we know that at this point the Obsidian Order's been just destroyed, but these will been very, really, very... Really, Top mm. echelon, their uh, operatives, if they've managed to survive in Kardashian culture and not be noticed for this long.
0: But yeah, I mean, it, it is...
1: And that, and Garrick makes one phone call to them. You, I know it's not a phone call, but you know what I mean. Mm. And immediately yeah. it's bang. And we know how good Garrick is at encrypting their uh, communication so no one knows it's him.
2: And it's very subtly callous in this bit as well, because he says, um, uh, oh, it just speaks of the efficiency of the gem or the, yeah, uh, the, uh, the, the dominion. dominion, like, like his best, like connections, which he probably was, uh, you know, worked with for years. They probably like, uh, went to the training Academy back on Kardashian together. And he's going, he's like, oh yeah, yeah, they're all dead.
1: You know, just, well, just not even a thought. Well, he says, don't he goes to get, to contact these, he's off to use up every last favour I have on yeah. Cardassia. So yeah. he's used his entire contact contact network on Cardassia. We know in the end he hasn't because he's still got, is it Maya? Uh,
0: Mila, is it? Mila,
1: Miller, Yeah, Mila. Sorry. Mummy. Yeah, but he's still got Mila's. But apart from that, we've got to imagine everyone he knows on Cardassia has just been killed in one day. In making, trying to make contact to sort this yeah. thing out. Yeah, yeah.
2: it's like, it, it, and you know, obviously, inside on some level, he's got to be in up. But it's like he just tossed away in a kind of uh, little joke. He's very much.
1: You've also, and... you've also got to look at. I think already at this point, Garrick knew what he was going to do in the end. So he knew. It oh was, yeah. He knew it was yeah. worth the sacrifice. Oh yeah, yeah. And that, so he's justified it already in his head. Yeah, I've lost these people, but Garrick is that sort of person that he'll. But, it, but yeah, it's you, like a I, I, loo- imagine, I lose a, uh, I lose ten thousand people, but I save a million.
0: You can almost imagine that he perhaps called a couple of people he didn't need to call that he just didn't like. Um, <laughs> you can so imagine can, he did do. I can the same. get them taken out while I'm at it. <laughs>
2: I, I'm picturing though, there's like uh especially with the Stitch and Time uh novel and wonderful audio, which you can now get. Um there is so much in that about the training and how they are trained to just like uh in the moment, just like not only don't react but make a joke of it, you know, throw throw something away. Like then make, yeah. make them think you're a character, don't make them see the real you at all. And there's just it's perfectly on display here when he just kind of, yeah, as say, like, toss away in a joke about, like, uh, oh, it speaks to the efficiency of the enemy. It's like, uh, yeah, dude, and everyone think, you know just got
1: killed.
0: And
2: to I think fair, we can also This actually say, speaks
1: to, to Garrick actually being emotional, because if you look at how snarky he is at times and everything, him being... That just, yeah, it shows the efficiency of the Dominion. It's almost him showing emotions about these people being killed. Because he, yeah. he is it's a different character. He's trying to be offhand about it, but yeah, you can read him It's a tops, Yes. Yeah.
0: And I town. think that and I think the fact that he says it's all of his contacts, but then Mila comes in later yeah. is not a continuity error. You could imagine that Garak's like, I'll risk everyone else, but I'm not risking I'm not her risking for this. You, yeah. This yeah. is the Federation, yeah. so. She's not going to be involved in it. Um, and then they need to get this Forger guy released and Cisco has to pull some strings with Gowron. So straight away, again, that's another act of corruption because you're releasing a criminal effectively. Uh, we, don't we, do. don't we don't know what he's going to do. what harm he could cause once he's out there. He ultimately we, we, we really
1: problems. don't even know what he's done. All we know is that he's... For, uh, ready to be uh, executed for his crimes exactly. against the Klingon Empire. Yeah. But for all we know, that could be that he served um, bitter blood wine to Gowron. Yeah,
0: it could be something <laughs> extremely trivial. And the character yeah. is played with a levity, but this guy could be a nefarious criminal oh, who it could, could be cause a all sorts of harm if he's out on the, on the loose. Yeah.
2: I, I got the feeling it was like, it was something to do with his forgery skills and it was just like, yes, but it was I'm in sure the shadiest well. of deals, which could be about any kind of, could could be about weapons, could be about anything. Like could be poisons. anything. Yeah. And, and he would, and, it's and it almost certainly something is, is something of that Empire. ill. It's
1: not and going it's to be, like,
2: it's not going it's to be a, so... a poisoning the blood wine because it's, yeah. you know, it's going to be something really shady as shit. <laughs>
1: But he's obviously done something against the Klingon Empire. He's either done something to try and do them out of yeah. something with a forgery, mm. or he's been hired by them to do something and fucked it up.
0: Yeah. And th- this is very sort of Jack Bauer stuff, isn't it? Like, there were all them episodes of 24 where it's like, well, I've got to get this guy released because he's got intel on this, even though he's, he's well, a baddie anyway. Well, this is, is, Bauer, is before 24. Film? I know it is, yeah.
2: And, of course, Jack couldn't tell anyone about, it, like, his involvement, so he had to break into the prison for, for reasons.
0: Oh, yeah, that would always happen. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah, so the forger attacks Quark, which leads to Cisco agreeing to a bribe. I mean, it's not the first but, time he's...
1: But it is interesting because it's like the guy's obviously just gone and got drunk.
0: Yeah. It isn't that he's yeah. attacked
1: Quark because it's Quark. That in knew it's it's been trying it on with one of the Dabo girls. Yeah. And he I even say it's some ca- characteristically heroic of Quark is set in the middle.
2: <laughs> now give me a second on this one, because this is the bit which I want to raise. Uh yeah. Cisco, i i like to begin with, I was thinking this might be a plot hole here, but I think this is actually quite excellent writing. There's, it seems like cisco just gives away the farm here because you know usually if there was something what some reason why starfleet which there's been episodes where they have to get around quark or, or someone like him and they always go on about like you know it's either oh cancel my gambling debt or you know that thing which we've we got in the hold we'll kind of put that through for you or maybe that delivery which you've got coming in maybe that'll um get caught um in and you know being checked for bugs yeah. or something for for a couple of weeks they always use stuff like that, and he could so easily do that here. And Quark gets away with um, a latinum. He gets away with... Yeah. uh um what else does he ask for? He, he has
1: something that's been uh, held by security. Yeah,
2: which, yeah, security reasons. Stock. Sounds like really dodgy stuff. Uh, and uh, there was a third thing which he gets. So, he, like, he asked for three he different things. He gets new clothes. New clothes. I think after the first two, he was probably ready to give up. He's like, oh, crap, I can asking for anything, could you get that yeah. through customs, that thing which is yeah. really dangerous um, and Cisco does it and I think the reason why Cisco does that here is he wants to punish himself for doing it I think he wants okay. to pay as high a price as possible for doing this thing which breaks his Starfleet heart.
1: Yeah, he's not doing this for, like normally when he negotiates with Quark he's doing it for Starfleet reasons and what do yeah. appear to be the right reasons is not it's not sort of like going against his morals, but here he's going. He, he knows he shouldn't even be bargaining, asking for Quark to give him. Yeah. It, not to press charges that he, he knows he's in the wrong. Uh, I, I, think, got the, I got the same as you here, Squee. That Cisco just gave into everything because he knows himself that he's in the wrong. Yeah.
0: I think it's so. there's yeah. maybe a degree of that. I'm not sure. I like the idea that maybe he's punishing himself, but I think maybe it's just that he he's given up. He, it's almost, you know, he, in for a penny, in for a pound, and he, he just doesn't have the resistance to push back against anything yeah. that Quark's going to suggest. just arguing in the way
1: normal.
2: Maybe it's, a bit of
0: it's, really? no, it's yeah. no fun. Usually, when he's messing about with Quark, he, there's a part of Cisco that's enjoying it, but he's just defeated at this stage. And it's, I've Ooh. got to just give him whatever he wants.
2: Also, at this stage of proceedings, I did suddenly think this would have made the darkest noggin Jake episode where they're trading for stuff.
0: Oh like, yeah, you
2: really? You know, there's two episodes <laughs> where they do that, really, and it's like this would have been a really grim third one. It's like, oh, um, so we'll 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 give that guy some of the gel that can kill like thousands of people, uh, for yeah like, research. That's going to get to that
1: soon.
2: <laughs> then we'll get to the lands. The lands will they be covered in plague for the people, or you know, well, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah.
0: And weirdly, I mean, maybe not weirdly. I don't know. Let's talk about it, but. It's at this point that Cisco says, that's when I started questioning it. And, yeah, you know, I mean, the, this is what when... It and it's off. like, well, you didn't question it when all Garak's mates got killed. and But it's it's this for you. Didn't question it when you were getting someone out of prison that you shouldn't have been. It, it's when Quark... Maybe it's because he knows I Quark.
1: It, I think it's... I was about to say, it's partly because he knows Quark. He already knows he's doing... Things that are arguably wrong, but this is going against his moral his own personal moral judgments that he knows mm. his guys has done wrong. And he should not be interfering in what Odo's doing with arresting him. And he should not be bargaining for quite not to press charges for being stabbed. Now that's it's, it's interest.
0: Uh, Sorry, go on.
2: I just think you're you're both missing the, the obvious point here. So there are there are a lot of things going into this. He's already crossed so many lines. Most recently, he's just, you know, let a Guy Free, who he doesn't know what his charges were. He's now defending him to Quark and giving all that in. Um, and I know that all must be weighing on him, but apparently that was Quark's favourite shirt. So I think well, that's what we did right. it in the end. That's it.
0: That's well, it. it was. What's yeah. interesting is how the other members of the crew react to this. Like, Odo, Sisko had a conversation and said, we need this keeping secret. And Odo's up front with it and says, okay, I can keep it secret, but if he presses charges, I will have to arrest him. And then you get Bashir, who has to be outright ordered not now, to... Well, now to, I to give up this biomimetic gel. Now,
1: I wonder, like... This is out of character for Odo to let Cisco tell him what he's got to do. With I his, think I, it's a
0: degree of trust with Odo no, that Odo's like. No, I let actually, this play out.
1: Actually, I was have to go further because I've got I knowing what Odo's like and his contacts, and he knows what goes on, and he keeps a watch on Garrick. He probably knows that Garrick contacted oh, a number of operatives probably, several days yeah. ago. And they're all killed immediately. Cisco has been meeting with him, so Odo probably knows that something very important is going on. Yeah, he's deliberately yeah. stepping oh. aside not to interfere into <coughs> <with him. laughs>
2: And it's also possible that Cisco has briefed him somewhat. Obviously he hasn't told him what's happening, but he might have you know, let I him just, know to expect some shit, basically. I just
1: like it in my head cannon that Odo is good at, yeah, so, I like good that. at his, yeah. so good at his job that he knows that about Cisco and Garrett's meetings. He's got a suspicion of what they're trying to do. He knows that he's got Garrett contacting operatives. He knows that he's had this guy released from Klingon space. He knows that it's important. And that's why he's not pushing back against Cisco in this case, because any other time Cisco's tried to interfere with him on how he runs the security on the station, he pushes back every time. True.
2: No, I mean, I don't think it's too far a stretch to think the writers might have actually kind of like, I mean, it's all there, you know, and and expertly put together. We've, seen, it,
1: yeah. we've seen, that so many times. We've all like, yeah. knows what's going on.
2: Yeah, I, I just, um, I think it's uh, the bit. What was the bit after this that you mentioned? So, I've totally uh, Bashir,
0: so we get this like oh, yeah, righteous Bashir. anger from yes. Bashir who well, has to be
1: this ordered. Is, to be well,
2: because, uh, this before that, just leading into that, I was going to say that um it's that bit where. Uh, uh, oh shit! Sorry, it's gone again. Shit! Sorry, I've completely forgotten what I was going to say. It was a bit before that when he's uh he's off the cello.
0: That he has to get. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's he's, you know.
2: he's he's asked for the gel from um from Garrick, and he goes like uh, it's almost performative by this stage where he says uh, oh um, you know, no, I won't do it. Yeah. Okay. Why? How? How much? You know, can we bargain for? Like he he already knows he's going to do it, and it's like it's yeah, it's, the the to... is just almost instinct as opposed to any real yeah. feeling of yeah. outrage at this stage. Yeah. This is the, this
1: process. is yeah. This is going to be the cost for the linear chip that you need to record this song. <laughs> Yeah, for the correct data, data recording stick.
0: Which yeah, and he, he goes, oh, well, well,
1: Like, knowing technology that we have now, how small he, our SIM cards are, seems really large just for yeah. a short video.
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's got that level of encryption,
0: though. It's the yeah. level of encryption, and it's, yeah, Cisco says, right, well, the deal's off then, and it's, it's like when you say, oh, I'm not having another pint, and, you know, so it's... He knows he's going to do it, it's like, it. I'm
1: not having another pint. I've just got you a double. Go oh, on, then. Go on, man.
0: Go on, <laughs> yeah. man. It's, he's got to pay lip service to it. Um, I do like how... Yeah, much... I'm not doing this.
1: Well, the amount is negotiable.
0: <laughs> and the thing is, he's gone too far now. Like, he is committed to it. If he stops now, yeah. it it's all been for nothing. And it's... Which uh, you know, I've I've read things about. There's an argument that it's it's like bad thinking, um, and you shouldn't think like that. It's like if you, dangerous. Yeah, it's like if you wait in for a bus, and it's taking forever, and you can either go home or wait longer. When you think, well, I've waited for an hour, I might as well wait until it comes. It that when you break that down, it's not logical. It's, no, you you should go home. You're not going to gain any time by going now if you've already missed the thing you're going. Anyway, but you know what I mean? It's, Cisco at this point could call it all off and yes, the people would have still died, but there would be no more harm from it. Whereas he decides, no, I'm going ahead with it.
2: And it's it's a sort of like a, it's kind of akin to gambling really. It's like oh I lost all this money I better bet so I can win that money back. It's like yeah. you can't uh, you know because if like I get that. to if I get to like I'm I'm paying the cost in all these kind of lives which I'm putting at risk. But at the end the reward in life saved will be worth it. It's it's just it's.
0: That's what he's
2: it, hanging on you, to. You're that you're that. hanging on to the fact that you're going to win that bet, and that's not guaranteed by any.
0: Point I do here. like that this is very much season six Bashir, who's completely willing to dig his feet in and stand up to Oof. Captain Sisko without blinking and, and make and it Sis- clear how like, unhappy he is about this. Well,
1: this is another way we go up to the death to the death count, potentially. Mm. Like, we have no idea how many people could be killed by what Sisko's giving away here. No, I was exactly. thinking
2: this could almost be like a... Um, a scene in another uh, version of Picard because, like in Picard, you had those changelings which have been experimented on. This could be the origins of uh, some other people who get killed by yeah. uh, the actions of this episode. This could get picked <laughs> up in Star Trek in, in like, you know, yes, absolutely, and it would be a I great mean... catalyst for the, the, the Federation being the bad guys.
0: I mean, the yeah. implication is this guy's gonna develop a biogenic weapon of some kind. Um, and that's that's what's going to come of it. But at this point, Cisco's decided whatever collateral comes of it is yeah, worth it. it.
1: It's, it's going to kill one planet. I'm going to save thousands. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, the other interesting thing I thought is it's when... Um, Bashir says, like, well, I'm going to write a formal uh, complaint and uh, put in grievance with Starfleet, and he goes, well, that's, mm-hmm. what that's your right. And all I could think is, like, yep, and the second that gets uh, received by Starfleet, they're just going to press the delete button, and that's yeah, that. Yeah, that's going in the day.
1: Right well, anyway. Right. <laughs> well, which takes us back to the episode that we skipped, where we see that Bashir's starting to get in with uh, Section 31. Yeah. yeah interest. They'll be monitoring these things. Oh, uh, yeah. And there'll be some starfleet admiral that'll go. This has been noted. Thank you, Doctor Bashir. And now yeah. the last he's ever heard of. Exactly. It, yeah. It, it's gone straight in the shredder. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: it's like I kept on thinking of the office where, like, uh, I think it's I think it's in both versions actually, where they kind of like go. It's like, oh, I'll just file that into my uh, my final Yeah.
0: Cabinet,
2: screws it up and throws it in the bin.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that, that is exactly what's happening with it. I mean, it may not even get to Starfleet. It might just be yeah. Section 31 gets it and that's yeah, well, it. Done.
1: It's obviously going to be an admiral that knows all about Section 31 that's and, going to answer.
0: And Cisco knows this at this point because he's not, he doesn't even try to talk Bashir out of sending it. He doesn't yeah, say, look, there's fine. something bigger going on. Yeah, he knows it's not going through. Um, then we get Vreenak, and we get his famous line where there's no, been we get, memes and no, oh we sorry, get, I've skipped the, the you, forgery, you skip, of course. You
1: skip the forgery when are yes. making the forgery, so you get and I think this is quite clever because there's obviously more to the forgery, and we're seeing them yeah. skip a bit when we when it does get shown yeah. to the Romulans. But you get them talking in there we have this great part and they bring it up again. Just how great the cat was.
0: Ah, there we go.
2: <laughs> I, I did I really enjoyed the fact that they're very economical the way they edited it. So you go straight into this scene, which is it's it's, it's so character- well it's it's the perfect way in which you do sell it. You you have this moment where it's like it's nothing Vickery. relevant to what they want them to hear. Yeah. So it adds texture to it and it looks more like yeah, it's a real situation.
1: Not, and then um, you get that little bit of talk, don't you, between Garrick and Sisko so about
2: you don't adding it. that in. <laughs> Exactly. And you don't want it to be um, perfect, because if it's perfectly just talking about the subject you want it to talk about, it it, it obviously looks like a fake. Yeah, yeah. If you put texture and reality to it. Yeah, it's, it's a really great idea. And um, um, I, I, I just thought that it's like and then you get to show a little bit more of it later and you don't waste any time watching a whole yeah. thing, which we already know.
0: I mean, you've got to imagine they've put together like they've made this look like it's the weekly briefing. So there's probably, if not hours, certainly like you know, meetings tend to last yeah. about an hour. So they've maybe got half an hour of, oh well, the sanitation system in District Seven's been a bit yeah, down, we've and got we've got all had, sorts. In. We've had a bit of civil unrest over here, and blah blah blah. Yeah, just to get to that little bit.
1: Yeah, and he has all sorts of reports of what military yeah. actions have taken place all around on the day it's meant to be recorded and they all now, have to match up properly and, uh, uh, allowing for time of communications And Now this is a bit
0: that this is the first time I've noticed it this episode towards the end of that scene Garak says to the forger guy he says I'll be around to say hello later mm-hmm. and that's when he goes and kills him. I think. Yeah,
1: it's yeah, yeah it is.
0: He's he's just saying he, he's more or less telling him, "I'm going to come and kill you later yeah. well, yeah. I I
2: um I couldn't remember like what he did with him, but I like I when I, I did clock that moment, it was like, right, he's either going to go and shaft him, or he's going to let him free because that's kind of part of their deal and like to keep him as an informant. But yeah, I I knew there was something was afoot at that.
0: Yeah, um, I, it's first time I've picked up on it.
1: Um yeah,
0: but where, that's obviously...
1: The, it, I picked up on it this time. It's, like, the same as you, and it's obviously... That's obviously when he got killed, but nothing said until the end. Not until <laughs> the very end, yeah.
0: He's obviously just disappeared, and Cisco doesn't know, but then he's <laughs> yeah. like, right. Um So, yeah, Vreenak... Which also, it's actually, big.
2: arguably, because Garrick doesn't know what this guy's done, even though we never get it quite revealed to us... Uh, Garak is potentially saving even more lives by killing him, Probably. so he's not doing do more
1: shady shenanigans later. Is that, yeah, 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 he's so kind of clearing got, up so, his own mess. So we've got a negative value now on the death count.
0: Yeah. And may you know who knows? Maybe Garak killed the biomimetic gel guy <laughs> as well. Who knows? I think
2: there must be some plan in that. I, I can't believe I Garrett can't believe Garrett could just play. let
1: that go out. I imagine yeah. I well, imagine I don't Garrett dealt because... with I Well, Cisco doesn't even know who that was. It's just somebody that Garrett's got to trade with.
0: Yeah, that's true, because that guy will know that Garrett bought a rod. So, yeah, actually, he probably has taken care of that.
1: Yeah, he has to. Garrett has cleaned up all the loose ends. Yeah, it's a loose end. Also, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if the bionimetic gel. Is somewhere in a garage, say, oh, I was gonna say that. Shop. I was gonna yeah. say,
2: I, I bet he engineers it so somehow he ends up with that for a rainy day solution.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. sure he won't give it back, but um, he'll probably make sure it's not on the market, but not through yeah. altruism. Through it's, yeah, it, it's,
1: not, it's not on the market, but that guy that he bought that rod off is dead. Yes, what? we never find out who that guy is that happens off screen but what happens to everyone else that guy deals with yeah. that guy is gone <laughs> yeah so <laughs> no loose ends <laughs>
0: Vreenak and I'm not gonna try and say it the way he says it but it does almost bring you out of the episode the way he says it's a fake and he holds up the thing <laughs> and I know- well, I know we there's have been a we million, like, million memes, but... Like we
1: have all the dicks and all that first from him, don't we? And he's just got, yes, like...
0: that's fun.
1: And he's just having a go at Cisco, and Garrett warns him. And this is also where Garrett goes and sabotages the shuttle. Yes, he does. Because, guys, like, you guys, can I'm, see
2: really, interrupt. I'm, I'm just going to have to quickly pop out with Willow, she keeps on
1: going to the door. So, just in case, be one second. Oh, okay. Right. Carry on. Right. Because what I was off to say, there's, like, the part, before we get to that where Ryok, is it? Renat says, says his, his line. You've got where the shuttle first lands. And Cisco, again, has cleared out an area so no one even knows that. And that's fun, seeing,
0: that's fun seeing it arrive cloaked and the thing comes down even though there's nothing there. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. good. Fun. But,
1: but what's... Um, Interesting here is that uh, just before it lands and all that, because Cisco's cleared away the security, just close off the area, keep these areas. No one is allowed in, apart from me and Garrick, full mm-hmm. stop. But Garrick turns around Cisco and goes, right, I'm off to go look at the shuttle, yeah. see so have got any intel. And Cisco, at this point, is giving into anything Garrick says, there's no even pushback about them. Don't get caught.
0: Yeah, that's he's it. A, he's, he's let he's Garak given, off his leash now, hasn't he? He's given
1: up. But this is the point where Garrett comes up with an excuse to Cisco. I'm going to see if they've got anything on their computers, good intel that we can use. hmm and Cisco just lets him, and Cisco wouldn't normally let him do something like this.
0: No, he wouldn't. Uh, even Cisco is just. Of Cisco, the episode would be like, yeah, look, uh, this, this is what we're doing. But, You're not doing anything.
1: But at this point, Cisco is sewing. He's just going, he's just letting Garrick do what he wants. Yeah. He's not even pushing back. And Garrick is taking that, has realised this, and that's when he takes this opportunity. And. To be fair, if uh, Cisco had been pushing back morning throughout the episode and had been fighting about stuff, Garrick would have still gone on the shuttle to do what sabotage. sabotaged. It
0: would, absolutely. But
1: he'd have done it without Cisco even knowing he was going to go on board the shuttle. Yeah. At least he's let Cisco know he's going on the shuttle.
0: That's true. And maybe that's part of why Cisco's so angry with him at the end because if he had have pushed back more, Garak would have still done it all, but he'd have done it in secret. Whereas Cisco knows that he has enabled <laughs> this and he <laughs> yeah. has allowed it to happen. He's under trying, his okay, just
1: don't so get caught.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um oh, something I wanted to ask you, Elliot, because the Sisko talks about his dad and he says, Worrying the doubts. Are, an, are the enemies of a great chef. So uh, as a chef, would you agree that worry and doubt are the enemies of a great chef? Yeah. Yes, there we go then. So Cisco's dad was I, very I, know, wise.
1: I know it's going to taste good. Um, you're going sight up and know that you're going to have a great service. There we go and, then. So when you're in a big brigade, you, you almost uh, egg each other through a great service. It's very militaristic, is a, is a proper production kitchen. So Cisco's
0: dad was wise, passing this knowledge yes. on. Then, okay. Yep. Um, then we get to basically the wrap up of the episode. Cisco thinks it's all gone wrong, until we find out Vreenak's dead, the other guy's dead. <laughs>
1: well, we've well got we only find out the other distance. guy's we only find out the other guy's dead when he beats up Gary. Yes, <laughs> true. But that's a hell of a backhander. Yeah, all he does is go like that and he sends Garrick across the room. Oh,
2: before we get even there, I would like to. Um, the bit which I've never really thought about before, but imagine that scene from the point of view when he uh finds out, like when he works out that what um Garrick's it's dead, a imagine it from the point no, 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 imagine the, the no, the bit where he goes like where he gets told the to report that the um the mm. Roman's dead, so he knows what's happened. Imagine that from the point of view of Julian and um, Dax. Basically they're going great. So they're going to be joining the war, like everything's saved. And then Cisco goes off in a panic. I would yeah. be worried shitless. Cause, cause if Cisco does that, you know, something's gone drastically wrong. Like they don't know everything else that's gone on. So they must think it's like, fuck, like what's he know that we don't, how fucked yeah, are we? Exactly. What's going to happen in the war? <laughs> you know? You'd be shitting yourself.
0: And then, yeah, he, he beats up Garak, but it's it's almost like he he's just taking out his own guilt on Garak here, mm. like it's... oh, he is
1: absolutely,
2: and it's when Garak goes through the timeline of everything that's going to happen, and yeah. he talks about like the any uh, imperfections and forgery will be assumed to be because yeah, uh, yeah, very hammered. clever. Uh, it, it's just so smart and so well thought out, and it actually reads like that. Um, the man who never was from World War Two, when they uh, dumped the body, uh, yeah. you know, it, uh, with fake ID and fake I, kind of details on it, mean. so they think that it's uh, something else that's happening in the war. It was an implant. Yeah, um, an, an English Germans. spy.
1: Well, it wasn't.
2: But it was, yeah, yeah, so it was yeah. It, it, it was basically it's a dead body which they dressed up to look like a spy, so that they could feed, feed false information to the Germans, mm. and this feels. Um, very much. The way and wash you know, up some, on a some...
1: on the trench beach to be found.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it's basically it's this, the same kind of principle, which I think is very smart. So yeah,
1: it's how the It's uh, a question.
0: Do we think Garak would have blown up the ship anyway, even if Renak hadn't realized this was a fake? If Reenak could have said, Yep, that looks legit, I'm gonna take it to the oh no the I creator think, or uh, whoever. I
2: think this was his plan all the way along because otherwise because if, if the Gar- guy does even even if the guy does go with it and then someone else um uh, exams it later, you haven't got any backup. This is a Garak could already done the sabotage.
1: He'd done the
0: sabotage, work. but I suppose he could have chosen not to no, detonate. He'd
1: already, it. No, he sabotaged the shuttle to blow up. I will it even go hard, one further. And, and Garrick had already planned that he knew that no matter how good they faked it, under Romulan really close scrutiny, they would spot that it was a fake. There was no yeah. that he, Garrick knew all along that. There was no way they could manufacture any affair that would mm-hmm. pass Talsia's truth I, I
2: I even think that he's gone to the trouble of after exploded. He's pre distressed a uh, like a memory stick. Basically, <laughs> he's the got it all, One he, he's done it on purpose. So it's 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 damaged just the right way so that it doesn't affect any of the information, but it's got a few glitches to account for it being it's up- yeah. very cleverly kind of like uh, done in exactly the right way. Cause he wouldn't leave it to
1: chance that he might accidentally that- get
2: rubbed too much in the explosion. And let's
1: not forget that what we know from a stitching time that Garak spent a lot of time on Romulus. Did. And he knows how the Telstra work. Yeah. yeah. The only thing
0: I think possibly a bit of a potential risk we Garak's plan is what if Vreenak had contacted someone and told them about the fake immediately? But I suppose the argument there is well he can't because it's too sensitive information to block put on so no, the subspace. So it's
1: it's that sort of thing that he's got to go back and produce the evidence that it's a fake.
0: Yeah. He, has, he
1: has to he has to produce the evidence to the Romulan High Council, or whatever it is, the cent- Romulan Senate, yeah. that the Federation affect this.
2: I, I think also he's on a Federation uh, space station, so that is uh, not meant to be com- on.
1: He's also gone there. No,
2: no, but I'm saying, I'm saying, comms to yeah. um, Romulus would be blocked from there anyway. Yeah,
0: but no, he goes, no. he goes to another planet before he dies because that's no, he,
1: that was his his excuse for no. sister Street was the excuse was what he was meant to be on site. Uh, okay. He, he
0: hasn't gone where he was meant to go. Ah, uh, right, okay, that makes sense then. I didn't pick up on that bit. Right, I'm happy with it now then. Um, and the Romulans joined the war, so we're at a big turning point in the Dominion War. Cisco's yeah. final sort of soliloquy then, that he can live with it. And yeah. I like the way he sort of plays with the way he says it, like, you know, I can live with it, and it's, I can live with it. And he's trying to convince himself that he
1: means it. Uh, Yeah, yeah. he he sort of goes, I've cheated, I've lied, people have died, it's the whole thing. And And then he raises his glass and he goes, but I can live with it.
2: And this is why...
1: a delete uh, log. This is why... Sorry. Sorry. Go on. on. I was just
2: going (laughs) to say... um... This is why we love actors like Avery Brooks, like um, Nicholas Cage. I kind of say say this quite a lot. Like they're the actors who kind of really swing for the fences. They put in such sh- these huge performances, and when you fly that close to the sun, every now and again, uh, you're with wings of wax, and you might get burnt. But when they hit, when they hit it right, when it when it everything lines up, like in this episode, uh, Avery Brooks is acting, and this is just tremendous. Like the the depth of emotion which he adds to it. I know that I said this at the beginning, it's just it really is awe-inspiring to watch acting that good, quite frankly.
0: Mm. Yeah. I don't think he can live with it. I think he doth protest too much at the end.
1: No, I think he's... I think he can. I think he's gone. I think he's justified everything he's done. And if the Federation win the war, it will... I think he he's intellectually
0: it. justified it, and he's telling himself that's good enough. Um, but, but I think there's a part of him that it isn't.
2: I mean, it does get sort of like... Um, it, it dies down kind of quicker than I think it, it should have done. But I do like the fact that this uh, also gives him excuse to bring in the Romulans and we get to like, we've never had a kind of like deep dive on the Romans. We've never had a kind of like we can can. What are they like in their social time? What are they like to kind of know as a people? Uh, Yeah. We want that suspicion to be there, but like what other layers have they got to those characters? That was really interesting. I don't think they played enough with it because they even have an episode, I think where the Romans complain that they're being kind of shut out of things. And I sort of like, I would, you know, if we'd had, I mean, I know, I know they're in the last series and they want to, Concentrate on the Kardashian plot and the on-running themes of the show, but it's like it was just really interesting to. I, I love when Star Trek does that; they go like, like you know, "This is a character. This is a species you think you know, but you don't know in around the way."
0: Yeah, like, I mean, the Romulans really—we still know next to nothing I was about. Not saying,
1: like yeah. you bring the Romulans in here, and it probably sounds strange. Now there was only, I um, it quick mass in my head? Thirty-three episodes left. Which doesn't mm. give you enough time to explore. Right. It probably sounds stuff yeah. to people nowadays. Like, you're thinking, well, that's three years of TV. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: But, but yeah, TV didn't used to work like that. It did not. This was yeah. the end um, of
1: season six, so we only had one season to go.
0: I also, like, just from a, a production standpoint, because... Um, I think I've talked about this before, but, you know, as Elliot's alluded to there, they produced a lot of telly every single year. And as a result, there wasn't as much scope for directors, directors of photography, etc., to play around with it. You were on a very tight schedule. You had to bash out 26 episodes of TV But I like that there's just a little flourish right at the end that when he says delete log, it immediately cuts to black and it's a hard cut to black. And it lets it linger on the black for a second before you fade in the production credits. And it's just that's not how Deep Space Nine ends. Deep Space Nine fades executive producer over uh, whatever the final shot of the episode yeah. is, and yeah. that's how an but episode is, finishes. This, end, but the, this
1: ends but, beautifully, though. You're right. Yeah, this ends they, beautifully.
0: They've uh, given uh, them uh, the leeway to go, you can do love. something a little bit different at the end of the episode, and it's nice to see.
2: This is, yeah, this is uh, like uh, in, in Doctor Who when Adric dies and you kind of have that wonderful credit moment where you kind of like have, uh, you, it, the camera goes in on his uh, crushed uh, badge for mathematical excellence mm. and it's like no music and just credits playing. There are so many kind of like really nice examples of this and I think, like you say, this kind of stands up there with those that you can't just go to some kind of like wah, 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 music like straight away. You need a little buffer yeah. after the kind of... Uh, You know, it never before Star Trek, never before in Star Trek has um has our main protagonist kind of gone against Starfleet's principles so much and and left us feeling okay about it, but kind of like, wow, what would you do in that situation? Yeah, how do you be Starfleet when it's impossible? It's possible to be stealthy and i think it even influences cisco after this that i think if he had to do something like this again i don't think he could i think he could do it once but i don't yeah. know if he'd have the stuff yeah. to do it again yeah, i he, think he, he, in in the future he's trying to kind of like um make up for this moment where he had to do this but it's like it's not a nice place to be it's kind of the war doctrine doctor who kind of in a few ways as well sorry to keep on with the doctor who uh, metaphors but yeah
0: it's the ultimate sort of dramatization of do the ends justify the means and and they do in the well so cisco yeah. thinks i'll say uh, there's is.
1: one more thing i would like to go back to oh, go on. In this, uh, with the romulan senator i can what's his name re Renak. and Renak uh, justifies everything i've said about the dominion war since oh he does yes
2: oh I did think when we saw that moment I was thinking it's like it is uh that yeah the there's whole... no other there's no other captain who has like in Star Trek you've got obviously the, the great uh, warrior which Kirk was known as you've got the great diplomat which yeah. Carl was known as, but they kind of earned their achievements as they went. Basically, Cisco starts out on our story becoming the emissary of the prophets, and then he becomes all these other things. He does start this war. He is like he's responsible, yes. like he's right in the cornerstone of history in a way. James, none of the other. You hear are. that?
1: Yeah. He said it. Cisco. Did I quoted it war. <laughs> I quoted
2: it. <laughs> well, no, he—he he, he was part he of starting it. I—I d- I didn't say it was his fault though. i, I, I said he started. It is it. His, fault. It his fault.
0: He said, "Let's go explore <laughs> the gamma quadrant that we've been told not to explore."
1: Yeah, because Anyways. the bullies have said don't enter here should live up bullies and damn oh, all the speeches. We're not man. doing
0: this again. Yeah.
1: Everyone in the Alpha Quadrant knows that Cisco is the man who started the war. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he was
2: trying to defend all those poor people over there living under the tyranny of the Dominion. <laughs> right. <We'll> rap-
0: <laughs> we will wrap up there then for now. Um, next week, we're going to go back and look at Inquisition. Um, um and we're also... Do you want to tell everyone what we're also doing? because yeah, it's
2: it's my birthday next Tuesday, so it'll be the day after. Uh, and we're going to... Actually, oh, I've also got an interview that day, so fingers crossed for that. Um, okay. A job interview. Uh, but anyway, that's besides the Ooh. point. Yeah, so I thought it'd be really fun to do something a bit different. And um, there have been several actors from Star Trek who appeared on both Cheers and Frasier. Uh, obviously, they yeah. were both Paramount children uh, and so on the phone, same lot. So... I just wanted know.
1: to point out, Cheers of Croatia are actually were actually programmes.
2: Right, let's get off oh, for Christ's sake. Just go and do the <laughs> meme. I thought I was actually stopping for something real.
1: Uh, anyway, <laughs> um,
2: yeah, Africa is real. Anyway, oh, geez, I've got so little concentration span at the moment. As <laughs> it is, I'm voice. Um, yes. So I thought it would be really fun to pick out uh, some... Uh, some episodes of, of Cheers where uh, an episode from uh, an actor from Star Trek had been on there uh, and I was thinking we could do a few different ones but then I thought there's a three-parter so it's about an hour of TV with all three parts together where uh, Kate Mulgrew comes in as a love interest for Sam, she's a uh, political uh, bigwig and tries to change Sam and he kind of goes along with it and there's like that usual love triangle which they always manage to create with Sam and two other women, in this case it's, it's with Diane and uh, with with Kate Mulgrew, uh and it's just a really great hour of cheers and uh, i thought yeah as i say a bit of a fun way of doing something different from a birthday and i love cheers and i love i love star trek so it's two of my great tastes that taste great together
0: there we go so we'll be doing that next week in the meantime, you can get in touch with us. We're at RetrekPod on Twitter X. Uh, we are retrekpod at gmail.com. We're all over the different social medias, including Elliot's Retrek Model Studios on YouTube.
1: Ah, so I'm really behind on this. Yeah. Um, did I release the show after last week's episode? I think you did. I think I did, so I was showing yes. off one of the special effects I'm off to be doing on the Impaler, where we ought to be doing some mist. It's going to be hard for me to put a video out because I'm busy working on the the prototyping electronics and writing a lot of code, which doesn't work right in in videos, but yeah. something will be out sh- sh- when I've got it all together to show how all the electronics will work together. Fantastic. And Dr.
0: Squee, what have we got on the Dr. Squee show?
2: Just advertise King's Toy Box. I know you haven't got anything new, but check out some of the other videos. King's
0: Toy Box on YouTube. Yeah, there's some videos, various different toys, bit of Dungeons and Dragons. Have a look at it
2: awesome uh yeah the dr squeeze show we are having such a good time uh you two gents join me this week to talk about the first of mm-hmm. uh, the uh, new new He specials for the sixth anniversary the, the star Beast. oh it was a great time uh and we're doing again this week this week I'm joined by author Anna Stevens uh or oh, Stevens or Stevenson I always get this wrong uh Anna Stevens I believe it is sorry oh, great I
0: get it time. right otherwise you might not be joined by it do you
2: know what I'm going to check my phone. Sorry, I'm I'm so rubbish with names uh, because I messed her. Anyway, we're going to be talking about uh, The Great Blue Yonder, which is coming up uh, this week from Doctor Who. Uh, Anna Stevens. Yeah, sorry, I thought it was. Um, Pardon me, Anna. Uh, Yeah, um, she's a great author author behind the Godblind trilogy, as well as uh, having written for Marvel uh, with the Valkyries and other stories um so yeah we're going to be talking about uh, it'll be really interesting to not only talk about the episode but also get a writer's perspective on uh,
0: absolutely
2: on it so uh, that's going to be a good time and then yeah for the third one um just to give a bit of sneak peek a bit further ahead i'm going to be joined by my old uh, friend and colleague from gallifrey stands which we're reviving for these dogsy specials um paul g is going to be joining me for the third one and maybe another guest
0: excellent Oh yeah, um,
2: centerlight um, sw20radio.co.uk or uh, join me at drsque.com or uh, youtube.com slash or on Facebook. Uh, it's going to be at noon on Sunday when we're going to be doing the live video talking about uh, this week's Doctor Who. Sorry. About that.
0: Excellent. So thanks for trekking with us this time and we will see you next time on the retrack. Thank you. Goodbye.
2: L-L-A-P and drag off. Fascinating.